AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Forward Thinking, the podcast that looks at the future and says, I am the modern man. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And uh, I'm Joe McCormick. What, what Joe, Joe you problem, look troubled. Yeah. Well, I just found on Amazon I can buy 452 grams of liquid mercury from uh, some seller called Gallium Source LLC. It's 99.9995% pure, and uh, it's $98, so that's a really good deal. That's a pretty good deal on liquid mercury. Yeah, uh, I need to get this ASAP. Like, I, I don't want to wait for shipping. And I don't want to pay the shipping costs. I want it here in about 30 minutes. I hesitate to ask why you want the mercury. In fact, I'm not even going to. I think to. due to plausible de- deniability, I'm not going to ask. Right. Um, but 
it's well, it's liquid mercury. It's useful a, for all kinds of things, <laughs> like all kinds of poisonous poisonous things. Okay, well then, and with, I'm glad that I'm leaving the office within half an hour. But I will tell you how you can get this done. All right, how you can get from Amazon. Okay, do they have fifty grams of mercury they, in half an hour? Do they have like um? Now can you you pay extra to have somebody bring it to you on a sport motorcycle, like uh, zooming, weaving through traffic? Not, not quite, not quite that. No. Not here in Atlanta. Okay. No. Do they put it in a catapult and get it to your in the within thirty five meters of your house? Considering that we're right across the street from the terminus complex, you probably wouldn't even get to clear that building. Oh so man, be a yeah, bad, that's a problem. A Though I don't know which direction actually the nearest Amazon fulfillment center is. I assume they have the mercury there already. Well, you know. also catapulting not recommended for liquid mercury. Oh yeah. Sure. I, I, I couldn't. This. I couldn't lose a single gram of it. Well, I jo- need all four fifty-two. If, if you're if you're really if you really need it in half an hour, I'm sorry to say that right now we don't have a solution for you. But Amazon <sighs> is working on it. Blast. Yeah, they've got this thing that they've proposed. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're working on it. They're working on it. Thirty minutes. Yeah, Thirty not, minutes. Not just mercury, though. I don't want to give you the <laughs> Im- the implication that they're only working on thirty-minute mercury you. delivery. Yeah, it's M- not. Mostly, I would say books and DVDs, uh, things that weigh less than five pounds. Right, but 450 grams of mercury, that's like a pound, so that's fine. Whoa, but, uh, whoa, whoa. Let's back up. What is going on here? Okay, so. 30 minute delivery? Do you know, do you know what a drone is? A Joe? drone. Yeah, I'm not talking it about our fellow what coworkers. cicadas do. Yeah, that's also true. It's also what, you know, bagpipers do. Yeah. Uh, often when they're talking about their bagpipes. And it's a uh, military weapon that is flies around and doesn't have any people in it. Yeah, but uh, well, you know. it's not just a military weapon. That is an example of a drone. Yeah, so yeah. it turns out that what we're talking about here are a specific subset of unmanned aerial vehicles. They're usually either uh, semi-autonomous. They, well, they can be completely piloted by humans. They could be semi-autonomous or they could be fully autonomous. It all depends on the model. But we're generally talking about these smaller devices that are unmanned aerial vehicles that can do various things. And what Amazon is proposing is building a fleet of these unmanned aerial vehicles that can carry payloads of five pounds or lighter and deliver them to locations within 10 miles of a fulfillment center within half an hour of you ordering that item, which sounds pretty phenomenal, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, before we get into Amazon's approach, let's talk about the idea of using drones for delivery in the first place. It's not Amazon's not the first company to propose doing this. Oh, certainly not. It is currently happening. Well, is it currently happening or is it kind of shoddily it's happening? It's kind of shoddily <laughs> happening. Yeah. I mean, you know, China has been Publicity looking Publicity stunts it. are happening. There, there are two countries, actually, where it's happening on a, a small basis. Um, small being that neither place is using them on a, a rollout as wide as Amazon would. And China is one of those nations. Australia is another. Uh, and you can see some publicity stunts in other places around the world. Uh, yeah, out in China, they don't have that many regulations about this kind of thing. A, a business can just talk to uh, its local government about whether or not it's chill to fly, you know, cake or or right. whatever they want right. um, out to the, you know, cities around them. Australia is the same way. I mean, here in the United States, we've got the FAA and they have um, well, we'll get into some complications with the FAA in a bit. But in other in, in short, it, you can't just launch literally or figuratively a drone delivery business uh, in the U.S. without 
some approval process. Yeah. I knew the government would be gumming up the works on me getting my mercury as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As as of perish yet, the thought. <laughs> there have been a, a couple of publicity stunts with like um there was a there was a dry cleaner in Philadelphia. Yeah, actually that that dry cleaner uh it's kind of funny they they were showing off this very tiny drone. I don't know if you actually saw the video. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But the drone is like super small. It's really just, it wasn't even really a drone in the sense of anything that was semi-autonomous or anything. It was, it was remote controlled. Remote controlled. It required two people to operate and it required a spotter and a pilot. <laughs> so when you get into the point that not only did it require a spotter and a pilot, but it also could only carry one pound worth of stuff, which is essentially a shirt, then you couldn't really uh, use it to deliver uh, dry cleaning on a meaningful basis in the in the the service area of that dry cleaners. Uh, on the plus side, anything that's wet when it leaves is dry by the time it arrives. Hey, well, hey. well, the yeah. it's dry cleaning. Why would it be wet? Oh, that's a good point. Joe, it's, it's got the word dry in the name of the service. Perhaps more importantly, um, there is a taco copter in San Francisco. Well, there's a potential there's taco copter. There's a potential copter. taco copter. I, I there's am also waiting. a potential burrito bomber. I really want these to exist. I mean, I really seriously want these to exist but right now they're 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 having some issues but before we get into all that the the cleaners it's interesting it's uh, mana yunk cleaner which uh-huh. is in philadelphia um like i said it was a tiny little quad ro- rotor uh drone that not even a drone but a little it's almost like a, a remote controlled helicopter at that stage where it required two people to operate so obviously from an economical standpoint from a practicality standpoint there is no reason to do this because the an- amount of manpower required to deliver one shirt is more than what it would take if you just hired a driver to do it so or hired a walker really at yeah that even a walker yeah yeah so it's <laughs> it's one of those things that clearly this was something that could get a lot of buzz in more ways than one, because that uh. drone was loud. But uh, it would get a lot of attention and therefore uh, drum up some some uh, customer service type stuff for this particular dry cleaner, right? They're, they want to get some business out of this. So it was more of a marketing stunt, I would say, than any kind of meaningful delivery service. I would argue the same thing is true for something else. This, this by the way, that story broke in June of 2013, I believe. Another story that broke that same month June 2013 was that uh, the Domino's uh, company in the United <laughs> Kingdom right, used yeah. a drone to deliver pizzas in a essentially a concept video. So I, I, I think the weirdest, most unfortunately comic death ever would be killed by falling pizza. <laughs> it would. That would have to be a well. I'm not going to say that would have to be a lot of pizza because I guess if it were. No, imagine you got extra cheese, lots of toppings. You know, super hot. This is like a yeah. Or maybe you have a very virulent gluten allergy, and <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Uh, you can't absorb gluten through the skin. However, you would have to have your mouth open while you're staring at the sky <laughs> and have swallowed all that pizza, which you must admit would be really unfortunate. That would be a terrible way to die. I do admit, if you were smothered by pizza, that would not be pleasant. But that's we're getting a little far from the point here. What I was going to say is that again, this was more or less a marketing stunt. It didn't. There was no specific plan to put this in place. The same sort of thing that, uh, in order to do this, uh, they would have to, to obey a lot of different rules that are still kind of being formed as we speak. But as far as marketing stunts go, nice work. You well, know? yeah. I mean, it caught a lot <laughs> of people's cool. attention. It, immediately people were asking the United States 
divisions of Domino's Pizza. Like, do you plan on doing that yeah. here? And they said, no. <laughs> that was their answer. <laughs> no, that's crazy it was talk. Very, it was very upfront. Uh, yeah, well, the, the thing about that is it's, it's silly now, but, uh, you know, in a few years, I could see that happening. Well, the the issue I have right now is that both of the ones we just talked about, the cleaners and the one with the pizza, required there to be a human pilot and essentially well, maintain yeah. line of point? sight with the drones. <laughs> yeah, at that point, if you have to have line of sight with the drone to be able to control it and you're piloting it, it's essentially an RC helicopter or, or airplane, something along yeah. those lines. Mm-hmm. It's not truly a drone. Now, what Amazon is proposing is something that is much different. It would not be... Uh, some, uh, a remote controlled vehicle that, uh, that a, a person, a pilot and a spotter would have to follow. Right. It would use, uh, cameras and GPS. Yeah. yeah it would, and you, you might have a single person, a supervisor overseeing maybe 30 or 40 of these things oh, wow. all together. And mm-hmm. so you would have multiple supervisors at each fulfillment center because I don't know if you know this, but Amazon fills a lot of orders. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, According to Jeff Bezos, who's the CEO of Amazon, around 80 to 90 percent of those orders are five pounds or lighter. So that means most of the stuff people get on Amazon could, in theory, be delivered by these drones that are supposed to have a a payload capacity of about five pounds. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that's five pounds or less could be delivered because some of it's going to be bulky. For instance, not that long ago, I bought paper towels on Amazon because I was running low (laughs) and it meant that I didn't have to go out in Atlanta and buy them. And the less interaction I have with other human beings, the better. Right. So anyway, I ordered I ordered them on Amazon to have them delivered. Well, the package weighed less than five pounds, but it also was much more bulky than what a book or DVD would be. I would imagine that your average drone would have difficulty flying around with that. For one thing, the air resistance would be much higher. So if there were any kind of wind resistance at all, like if, if the winds were blowing at any kind of, uh, uh, you know, gusty level, I bet that that drone would have a real hard time getting those paper towels to me in half an hour. Hopefully I will never have an experience where I'm like, I need 16 pa- rolls of paper towels within 30 minutes or I am going to freak out. Yeah. That would be a bad day. I've had those days in the past though, but l- luckily I've had the paper towels on hand. <laughs> uh, no, I'd imagine that there will be in addition to weight uh, limitations, there'd be dimension limitations. Yes, I'm right. sure there will be. And sure. also, I mean, there's also the limitation of distance. They are supposed to have a 10 mile radius of uh, delivery distance from a fulfillment center of which there are currently 96. Wow. So if you don't live within 10 miles of one of those 96 fulfillment centers, you won't be getting any deliveries from drones in the first place because you'll you'll live too far. Uh let's talk for a second though, why would we even go with using drones in the first place? I mean, convenience obviously is one. If you wanted to get a specific thing Within half an hour. And you're like, I cannot possibly wait until tomorrow for overnight shipping. Right. So or, or maybe you're like, uh, you know, none of the stores that are near me actually carry this in their uh-huh. stock, but it's on Amazon. If they have it at the fulfillment center, then I can get it in half an hour. Obviously, that's convenient. But what about other reasons? Well, you know, I, I don't have an answer on price, but I do have a question. Sure. You know, and it's. Would this in the long run be cheaper? It seems like initially it'd be more expensive because you'd be adding new technology to right. the I mean, infrastructure. I'm imagining yeah. that the price point on that would be actually a lot more yeah. than overnight shipping. Right. Costs. At least, at least initially. At least mm-hmm. initially. Now yeah. in the long term, I can see how it might actually be cheaper. Mm-hmm. It requires less human labor, uh, less fuel, you know, you yeah. just charge like an electric 
motor or however these are powered well, i assume electric yes well um, not, not only that but uh, or i assume electric too i should say because the details are pretty, pretty I, I scarce would, i would think that a tiny diesel engine on that kind of thing would really <laughs> not be what you're looking to. I, yeah i imagine so uh the uh, <laughs> i mean some some uh rc type aircraft do run on fuel and not just electricity so that's why i'm like well you know i'm probably electric motors but we i don't know for sure i would i would guess electric mostly because they've talked about the problems with battery life but we'll get into that too in a minute but uh, another another thing that i was going to say is that when you're talking about shipping amazon isn't the one who ships everything from door to door. It's not an Amazon driver who drives up and delivers your Amazon product. They're, they're contracting with other companies in order to get stuff sent or they're, you know, paying a per uh, package fee to have stuff sent, especially if you are like an Amazon Prime member and you have uh, shipping covered, like two day shipping covered in your, in your uh, agreement. So, so I, I'd imagine a, someone like Amazon is uniquely positioned to negotiate shipping prices with the major carriers. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. The, but the, you know, you think about the costs of maintaining a, a shipping fleet or just even maintaining the infrastructure to get stuff to, uh, the, the trucks and, you know, they, you have to pay people to do all that kind yeah. of stuff. Well, if you're able to streamline that, then that would cut down potentially on costs. Okay. Well, if these these drones were able to be, say, electrically powered, I would think that might have some kind of uh, carbon emissions impact, uh, right? Yeah. In the announcement that Jeff Bezos made, he was talking about it being um, a, a lot greener than current shipping options are. And and shipping options, if I may be depressing statistics, girl, um, kind of scary right now. Okay. So so according to CarbonFund.org, which takes a whole bunch of data from a whole bunch of different places, it's it's a it's a pretty pretty legit estimate, I think. They look at air cargo, uh, truck cargo, train cargo, and sea freight. Mm-hmm. And um, according to them, uh, sea freight, which is which is at the low end of the scale, creates some like like zero point zero four eight kilograms of carbon dioxide emissions per ton of cargo shipped a mile. Okay. Okay. Um, train freight about half that amount. Uh, but truck creates about six times more, and air cargo thirty-two times as much as sea wow. freight. Um, some one point five kilos per ton mile, which which means that if you're shipping something from let's say Atlanta to Los Angeles, um, that's about two thousand miles. You can create as much as three metric tons of emissions for a single ton of cargo during that trip. Wow. Whoa. Um, which you know, for, for for reference, the world average as of twenty ten. Uh, per person per year was about five metric tons. Wow. Um, so that's a lot. So yeah, if you yeah. could, if you could come <laughs> up with a way of at least taking that last mile out of it, which, you know, it sounds like it's a small amount, but that it, every little bit can make a difference. Now, again, since we're talking about electric motors, we have to say this every time. It all depends on where you get your electricity oh, from. Oh, right. right. It's not free. We're not getting it from the air. Yeah, but it's not like... Generally, electricity is going to be less of a problem than, say, burning gasoline. Right. As generally. long as... Assuming you're not getting your all your electricity from some coal plant that had to step up production by 150% yeah. because <laughs> of your army of drones. Uh, I mean, obviously, once we finally build those Tesla towers, we'll all have free energy because uh, he was infallible. <laughs> Um, there might have been Tesla. Some, there might have been some snark there. So, but but assuming that you're getting your electricity from a place that is is doing its best to have at least some green practices in place, I would imagine that the carbon footprint issue uh, would mean that yeah, using drones makes sense. You're going to produce less or, or fewer 
uh, um, greenhouse gas emissions and it'll be a smaller carbon footprint. Now, there are some other challenges besides the idea of, well, does this make financial sense? For example, right now, uh, from what I understand, there aren't really batteries out there that have the kind of life that would be required for a drone to be able to carry a five-pound payload in addition to the weight of the drone itself, 10 miles, drop it off, and fly back 10 miles. Most of the drones that are in the general class that Bezos is talking about, he's talking about an octo-rotor uh, drone, which means it has eight rotors. You know, a lot of the ones we see have are quad rotors, but uh, this one would have twice as many, so it's twice as good. Most of the ones I've read about the distance that most of these can travel is about a mile before uh-huh. they, they start to have their battery drain pretty heavily. And they can fly for about 15 minutes. Now, they say that they would get your, your delivery to you within half an hour. Keep in mind that that's everything from processing the delivery, uh, pulling it from the warehouse, putting it on a conveyor belt where it would travel down the conveyor belt to the drone that's going to deliver it to you. Yeah, I, I, I want to put in for the record that I cannot get wings from the place two miles away from my house in less than half an hour. So Well, they can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> so they've already removed the wings, so there's no flying anymore. Now, in this case, the the drone would be flying over that to you. Terrible, so, Jonathan. Yes, I, I do. I do. Hey, I I just spent an entire week with my family, and if you think I'm bad, you should listen to my dad talk. So I've I'm full up on terrible puns and jokes, but uh, anyway, and I love my dad. And anyway, the the. It seems really optimistic right now to say that a drone would be capable of doing what Bezos is saying they will do. To be able to carry a five-pound payload at at a maximum of 10 miles and return on one single charge of battery. Now, it may be that they will have multiple batteries and will actually do live battery switching in a single flight, which would help. But you've got to think, how would you be able to build these drones so that they could make these trips, return, and then recharge fast enough so that they would be ready for another trip before much longer. Because if you've got an army of, I don't know, 200 drones, let's say, for one particular fulfillment center, and it's a really heavy day, because on Cyber Monday, Amazon was getting 300 order requests per minute. Now, that was the company you know, nationwide, but even so, that means those fulfillment centers are really, really busy. So assuming that this was in place in four or five years when Amazon says that this is a possibility, how would they be able to not only make sure that these drones could get to where they were going, but recharge fast enough to meet the demand that continuously comes in? And I don't, I don't have a question, an answer for that question. I mean, you can have rapid recharge batteries and they do recharge pretty quickly, but you know, that's a pretty hefty demand on power to be able to carry five pounds through the air, preferably at an altitude where people aren't going to be messing with it. Cause that's another concern is that what happens when you get people looking in the air and seeing a, uh, a, a, a copter, UFO, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Or they're just thinking, I bet that thing is carrying something nice. I would like something nice. I'm going to knock that thing out of the air and get mm. something nice. So instead of <laughs> fell off a back of a truck, it's going to be this fell off a drone. Uh-huh. Never, I mean, never paint them to look like question blocks in Mario. It's it's a bad it's a bad scene. Well, I, this is one of the <laughs> things that have been talked about as a genuine concern: is oh, people sure. interfering or people hacking the system so that they could have things yeah. delivered to their house instead or, of to where they're supposed to go. Or even when someone gets a delivery and goes like, "Oh, look, I got a free drone with this. I'm going to play with it now." Yeah. So there are a lot of <laughs> uh, there are a lot of concerns here, 
And and so part no, of it is oh let me free. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's a Pixar movie just begging to be made. So there, but the, these are legitimate concerns. And so one of the answers or potential answers may be that they will fly at altitudes where it won't be. Uh, obvious that there's a drone flying by, but that means they're flying pretty high, which requires even more energy to get to that altitude and maintain it, especially if it happens to be a, a windy type of uh, area and be able to get to where they're going and drop them off. Another challenge, how do they know what's on the ground so that when they deliver it, they're delivering it safely without damaging a person or their property? Because most of these are going to have uh, ways of seeing their surroundings in the air, but not necessarily what's on the ground. Um I'd see that, though, as more of a scaling and implementation problem because as we've seen with, like, Google's autonomous cars, right. it's doable. I mean, sure. you yeah. can use, like, LiDAR or something like that right. to to pretty accurately map your surroundings in a way that you really understand what's nearby. And that kind of sensory technology is probably also another five to ten years off, well, I would say. Yeah, because you, there are systems that exist. The problem is getting them to the point where they will fit on a drone and not mm-hmm. cause even more of a, of a problem with weight right. yeah. for the drone to be able to do what it's supposed to do. So yeah, and maybe not, and in not four make or five years it'll be small Prohibitively enough. expensive. Exactly, for, that's another issue. Yeah. Right. Although, you know, if people are willing to pay, what, what's it, like 25 bucks to have something overnight shipped to you then so yeah i mean what, there's no twice there's no, that three times that the, like, what this, is what is the price of shipping yeah this this project doesn't have a price <laughs> on it yet but they do they call it amazon prime air so you would assume that this is another either subscription-based service or possibly it's a per order surcharge if you decide to have that added on so you get streaming video uh two-day <laughs> delivery and drones Potentially. Yeah. But, okay. but there are other challenges to overcome. So we've talked to, you know, there's technical challenges and we've talked a little bit about that. There's some practical challenges like how do you get the drones to travel through? <laughs> Isn't it illegal to just That's fly the third drones? One. That's, See, this, this is the third one. This is one. the one I was yeah. going to get to. Yeah. The governmental issues here in the United States in particular, it's, it's a tricky situation because what? it hasn't, it's so new, just like a lot of new technologies, it's so new that it outstrips what our laws cover. Right. It's, and it's basically only hobbyists who are doing Doing it on a on a private level right now. I mean, you which know. is fine. Oh, the sure, government's sure. Like, the government's like, you want to you want to fly your little helicopter as long as you do it uh, at four hundred feet uh, or lower. Out at the good. ranch, yeah. Basically. And it, and it's basically mostly legal for some three hundred or so public agencies that can use them. I mean, in, in addition to the military, um, you know, at low altitudes and away from airports. So things like fire departments, <clears throat> police departments, schools. There's some that have research ability. facilities. Yeah. What is a fire department use a drone for? for Search and rescue. Yeah. Really? But yeah. Also, I mean, oh. also it gets a really, like, there are times where a drone needs to get, you know, they need to get a look at where the hot spot is in a building, and they may not be able to reach it directly from the ground. It, it helps out a lot. Yeah. Okay. It's so. not just like it flies around looking for fires. No. Is, is there <laughs> no, a fire it's, there? It's usually used after a fire has been identified okay. as being yes. in progress. Yes. But as of 2012, the government had allotted the FAA um, $63.4 billion to modernize the U.S. traffic control system. Billion? Um, billion. Billion, mm. lots of dollars. Um, it's it's called the Next Gen Program, and it's it's being used to kind of update like airport controls and include more GPS based stuff into into all airplanes and into uh, air traffic controlling. Which seems like you know, oh, that's that's I have a GPS in my phone, so why mm-hmm. doesn't the entire air traffic control system use them? And that's because it's a big system and very expensive. So. Right, and it's made up of lots of different 
pieces, right? It's yeah. not like it's not like everybody uses the exact same equipment across all different types of aircraft. Exactly. So. It's it's so difficult to coordinate that they don't even have a full plan as of right now when we are recording this podcast. Well, they are supposed to publish one by the end of 2013. Well, and there's well a draft, a draft, the, a draft right. of the, by the end of 2013. Congress has given the FAA a mandate to come up with rules for UAVs for both private and commercial use by the end of 2015. So that's why Bezos is saying four to five years, because we don't even know yet if it's ever going to be legal for companies to use drones in a professional sense, besides some case-by-case bases. Technically, there are just two types of uh, UAVs that the FAA has licensed for commercial use, Uh, kind of like you know drones for hire in the United States. And so those two are uh, the in-situ Scan Eagle from Boeing and the uh, Puma from Aerovironment Incorporated, both of which come at the uh, measly price of $100,000 per unit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they are obviously much more expensive than the kind of drones you can get, like like the Parrot drone, where you can control that with your your uh, smartphone. Sure, is it's that's a that's a consumer device that anyone could go out and buy and operate and play with. The, these drones are obviously meant for much more heavier use, but even these are not being used widely. I mean, they're really expensive. A lot of the uses I've seen for, uh, or at least the the uh, potential uses I've seen for drones, are in agricultural. Um, uh, applications, things like spreading fertilizer, that kind of stuff. Um, and there are farmers who are using drones to do that. Technically, most of them are doing it illegally because uh, they they haven't received licensing from the FAA to do it. But it's also one of those things that doesn't tend to get um, enforced. Uh, sure. Now, that being said, if there were ever a catastrophic accident with a drone, you can bet that that would put a lot more attention on it. And we've had some near misses, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Didn't uh, a drone crash in New York and almost hit somebody yeah. earlier this year? Uh, like yeah, it, was like, it collided with a building, I think, and, yep. and then kind of felt and almost hit a pedestrian. It was right. like 10 feet away from somebody. And uh, yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah, I, I remember uh, having an, a similar experience once where a sheet of ice fell off a building in Chicago, and I felt that really Chicago should outlaw ice. <laughs> I think that most of Chicago agrees with you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, now, of course, h- here's the thing I'd say, because I actually trust autonomous drivers better than human drivers. I'd only really be worried about the, the safety issues of uh, of drone crashes early in the implementation before people have worked the kinks out. Once we've got good autonomous drivers for drones, I'd probably trust them more than I would, you know, ones that are piloted by people. And see, the thing here is that the FAA may feel exactly the same way. And maybe part of what they're going to look at is ways of uh, having having various drone producers demonstrate the safety of their products by maybe uh, navigating through an obstacle course or going through some other form of testing. Maybe there'll even be a third-party testing uh, entity that will put these things through the paces to make sure that they can go into full widespread commercial use. Or maybe the FAA says, you know what, this is just too big of a headache and the convenience is not going to be outweighed by the potential disaster. I mean, I think of things like even a, a really good autonomous vehicle, I, I wonder, 
can it navigate through things like a neighborhood where there might be a lot of power lines? That kind of makes me a little nervous. There are certain things that could interfere there. I mean, even electromagnetic interference could be an issue. Well, sure. Uh, I just Googled delivery truck crash, and I got four hours ago from CBS Local Miami, delivery truck crashes into Miami home. As, I mean, obviously... It is, it is currently it, a problem. There, right. There is Not still just, a safety. Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, and there is. And, and the problem is you can't do two coke reasoning where you say, because right, this right. happens, this other thing right. shouldn't, you know, just be, because you don't put this restriction on this type, you shouldn't put this restriction on this other oh, type. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not saying that, uh, drones shouldn't have extensive, uh, safety vetting. I'm sure. just saying, like, w- one couldn't expect them to be 100%. Because the stuff we have now is nothing is a hundred percent right. Entropy. Um, well, and, and also, you know, I think that as the infrastructure of this internet of things kind of improves so that we get more of a, um, you know, smart roads and smart, more, you know, better power that doesn't involve so many power lines, for example. Things, things that allow us to have an infrastructure where everything talks with one another as opposed to potentially interfering with one another, Mm -hmm. then you have the potential to do some amazing stuff, not just get your mercury in half an hour so that you can go on your mad poisoning way. But all sorts of different things. Okay, folks at home, I don't actually want to poison anybody. <laughs> I would never. I mean, mercury is a very, very cool element. Very, very, very cool. Yeah, uh, it's but really quite dangerous. Useful. I'd say actually, I, I can imagine a much more practical use of of when I might want to have something delivered within thirty minutes. Uh, I've had this experience before. Maybe you have. You start cooking dinner and you're making something really involved, and then you realize you don't have an ingredient. Yeah, I, and, I go through the entire range of infomercial over-emotional responses <laughs> when that happens to me. The frustration uh-huh. and then anger and then, and then sadness. Breaking down into yeah. tears and then just oh. the wah-wah shrug. Yeah. No, but it's really frustrating. It is. So you get home from the grocery store, you start chopping all your vegetables, you realize, like, ah, I forgot to get chili powder. Yeah. And I don't have any. But if you could get some to your house delivered in less than 30 minutes while you're still doing all the other stuff you need to do, well, okay. I mean, that's that's a big frustration saver. I'm just going to turn that around on here, Joe. Uh, I'm just imagining a drone raining down chili powder across an unsuspecting <laughs> city with children just crying, coated in chili powder. Okay, I'd rather. Why do you hate the children, Joe? I would love to get. I would rather have chili powder dropped on me than have a pizza dropped on me. Well, that's because you. Constantly are staring into the air with your mouth open. <laughs> You're gonna get smothered by that pizza, Joe. Whereas you might just sneeze from the chili powder. Okay. Um, oh, maybe with with less potentially smothering um, <laughs> concepts. I, I can I can, and this is where my anxiety lies. I'm like, what if you're if you're getting dressed to go out somewhere and you realize, oh, I just put a run in my tights. I'm sure that you guys have this happen all the time. You know, um, you'd be surprised, Lauren. <laughs> I am in theater. <laughs> you are. It's so true. It has actually happened to me. Well, yeah, you could be getting ready to go to work in the morning and you just realize, like, I don't own any underwear. Yeah. <laughs> How so have you, I managed to get yeah. to this point and in my life? Or, or like, I, okay, just, I just burned an iron hole in my one good shirt right, and I have right. a job sure. interview. And, well, and, you know, oh, well, I have done that. I've stained my clothes right before I needed to go out. Oh, yeah. I, I, or for me, like, I can imagine getting to work and saying, well, it would be great if I could have something delivered here because on my way to work, I'm a pedestrian. 
pedestrian, right? Yeah. So I have a nice long walk in the mornings. There has been a time where I've walked to uh, to the train station and it's on a rainy day and I get one of those – like I'm almost at the train station and that's when the driver drives through the big puddle and I get splashed. I'm like, Covered in mud. Yeah. I wish I had another shirt at, at work because I am – a mile away from my home and I could walk back, but, change, yeah. come back out. But one, I would uh, possibly have the same thing happen to me twice. And two, I would be late to work. So if I had some way of doing this where I could have it delivered discreetly to the office building so I could at least change here and not look like I don't know which clothes are clean and which clothes are dirty in my house, that'd be I guess great. the question is, could you find a shirt cheap enough to justify that transaction? You know what? <laughs> at, there are times where you just look at yourself like, and you're willing to pay any price. But yeah. let me, let me tell you how this is exactly the first thing I thought of when I, when I heard about this, this particular uh, service. And it's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, we sometimes think about what would you need to, ha- what would you want so badly that you'd have to have it in half an hour? Well, if I were, let's say from, it may not be the case in four to five years, but let's say in four to five years, I'm playing on, uh, I finally decide to buy an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4 because I haven't bought one yet. And the reason I haven't bought one is because there aren't any games out for either system that really appeal to me. I'm sure that in four to five years, you will have purchased one of them at least. Probably. But let's just assume for some reason that I have held off that long. I actually held off about that long for the Xbox 360. Wow. So it's, and I held out even longer for the PlayStation 3. So it's possible that maybe I have one of them, but I don't have the other. But finally, enough games have come out where I'm like, I've got to have this console now. And I go out and I buy the console and then I buy a couple of games and I come back. And then I read about this one game that came out three years ago that I don't have that I would love to have and you know maybe I don't have the download speed to download it within half an hour but if I order it off Amazon I can have a drone drop it off in half an hour and I've got it right then and there now any upcoming game I could order ahead of time and have it delivered the day that it comes out but if I order you know something that's been out for a while and it gets there in half an hour then I'm able to satisfy my impulse buying needs mm-hmm. Also, we're, we're all thinking about this from, from a very privileged place. There are lots of people who are not able to go out and run the kind of errands that, that we are on a daily sure, basis. And, yeah. and think about, you know, if, if, if they have an emergency and need to have something kind of immediately. I mean, there are delivery services around most major metropolitan areas these days that can get you a, a lot of different things. But, you know, but those Amazon fulfillment centers certainly have more than your corner drugstore. Well, sure. yeah, especially if it's going to be cheaper than, say, a delivery service. If you have mobility problems, that could be a huge help to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, there are, there are some some applications for folks that would be way more meaningful than the relatively the silly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it's again, it comes down for most of us. It comes down as something that just it's added convenience. Also, there is something of a cool factor to think of my, my stuff was delivered to me by a robot. I mean, that's, kind of nifty anything yeah. is cooler um, with a robot yeah pretty much uh robot apocalypse not cool at all without robots you could get a robot delivered by a robot yeah oh, you yeah. could you could get a robot delivered like if you had your Roomba delivered i don't know how heavy Roombas are though yeah, i imagine it's gonna heavy. be a that might be too, too heavy, heavy yeah. yeah we might have to wait for the next generation of uh drones before that happens and it's interesting because the faa is going to have to look at larger drones in the future right now the the 2015 uh legislation or not even legislation but rules that they are supposed to publish uh those will only cover these light uavs so these smaller uavs will be covered by that but anything larger that would be capable of carrying something you know heavier than five or ten pounds 
We're going to have to wait a while before the government catches up to telling us, you know, how those can and can't be used. They may end up being too large to be practical for any sort of consumer use, but maybe it's something that is used uh, for something like a fire department or police department, you know, in a in a more a more versatile case than just spotting hot spots or or looking for survivors of a disaster or something along those lines. So yeah, I, I'm curious to see if Amazon can do this. I will say one thing: uh, by going on uh, on 60 Minutes and talking about this, Jeff Bezos got a lot of attention toward Amazon just before Cyber Monday. Yeah, that yeah. was one of the more clever things that yeah. I've. I mean, I mean, he's done a lot of clever things. Yeah. but that was. And that so by by talking about this, you know, he also got people just interested in Amazon Prime, which is a service that a lot of people subscribe to and, uh, you know, maybe getting even but more, more people. people always can. Yep. Yep. You know, yeah. you know always want to grow that business. So it's it was a very savvy move on that part. Even if we never see a drone fly, it was a savvy move by Bezos <laughs> to do that. So uh, it's it's possible that this won't turn out uh, the way Bezos hopes, maybe because of there's a, you know, a, a, just a fundamental problem with batteries, maybe because the government never allows it. But we'll have to wait and see. And either way, I'm really glad that he did. I mean, even if it was a pure publicity stunt that nothing comes out of, I, I I really want the general public to have more of a concept that drones are not just this scary military application, that there's a lot of really awesome stuff that can be done with them. Oh, yeah. And I'd say even if it was more a publicity stunt than an announcement of like a real project that he plans to implement, I mean, there's no essential technological barrier to this. Right. And it's in the public consciousness. It just seems like a thing that is more or less inevitable. The question is when. And yeah, to what extent? Yeah, right. right. Because I mean, it may turn out that there there's a very limited uh, implementation of this kind of technology, or maybe it'll mean that within twenty years our skies are going to look kind of like Coruscant in uh, one of those prequels. I don't like to talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this kind of wraps up our discussion about Amazon's approach and just the idea of using drones to deliver stuff in the first place. If you guys found this conversation interesting, you should definitely go to fwthinking.com. That's our website where we've got blog posts and videos and other episodes of the podcast that you can check out. Lots of interesting stuff there. And, of course, if you want to talk about drones, or maybe you are a drone, you should get in touch with us. We're on various social media outlets like Facebook, Google+, and Twitter. Our handle there is fwthinking. And we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. 
That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. 